and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I am so honored to have you here today, kicking off our new year with the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are feeling nourished and supported and well-rested after a crazy, crazy year. And I hope that you're feeling some peace in your heart today as you settle into this solo episode where I want to process the year 2022. I want to share some of the highs and the lows and the lessons that I've learned and really just take this chance to sit down and connect with you all and share about my year because this is a yearly tradition that I like to do, share about the year. I think I did this in 2020, 2021, and I found myself having some resistance to sitting down and recording this episode, really processing the whole year. And I think that's for a couple of different reasons. One being that I feel like this year went by so fast, I like can't even handle that it's already 2023. I feel like I wasn't ready to move on to 2023 yet. I felt very much in the muck of 2022 and in all of the things that I was processing in 2022 and I just didn't feel ready to share a new year. Also, I turned a year older. My birthday was on December 21st. I turned 28 years old and I usually like to sit down and do a birthday reflection episode that kind of ties into the new year because it's so close. But this year... I just didn't have the time or the energy to really do it on the day. I celebrated my birthday this year in New York City. And so, yeah, I just feel like coming down out of the holiday season, coming down out of a crazy year, I just felt like really overwhelmed, honestly, really burned out. And yeah, and I and I know that I'm not alone in that because as I was scrolling through my Instagram on December 31st and January 1st, Everyone's sharing their end-of-year reflections, and it seemed to be a pretty universal theme in in all of my community and all of the people that I follow that this year a lot of people felt really burnt out, a lot of people felt really tired, processing grief, celebrating, you know, highs and celebrating lows, and I think it's just a really dense, difficult time on earth, and I don't want to sugarcoat that at all because I know for myself I had a very difficult internal year, and I know if you are feeling that too, I want you to know that you are not alone in that. So, and also to say that if you had a beautiful, amazing year, I'm celebrating that too. So... Let's get into 2022. I kind of just want to share openly and process with you out loud, and hopefully this will mirror some of your own experiences and help you process some of your year too. So let's get into it. So 2022, 
Let's flash back to last year, the beginning of 2022, and where I was at last year. And in the beginning of 2022, I had just come back from a four-month solo trip throughout Central and South America, and I was feeling really lost. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a job. I didn't know how I was going to make money in the new year. I was really kind of at like a in-between period and was just trusting that my next step would be laid out before me. So I remember I celebrated the new year from 2021 to 2022 in New York City at my sister's house, but I remember celebrating back then and it was just a really transitional time. I didn't know where I'd be living in a couple of weeks. My partner was living in Michigan. I didn't know if I would be going to Michigan to stay with him or if I'd be continuing traveling or if I would move to California or Florida. I, I had no idea. I had a lot of ideas going in my head and I also didn't have a job at the time. So I was like, well, I need to find a job first and then I can figure out where I'm going to live. So what ended up happening was... I was in New York at the beginning of the year, and then Paxton and I got engaged on 108-22, which is a very special, auspicious date because 108 has been one of my angel numbers for the past couple years. I see 108 everywhere, and so that felt really special to serendipitously get engaged on that evening. We got engaged in New York City. It was a beautiful, snowy night, and that really kicked off my year of... of this kind of symbolic stepping into a new life, a symbolic stepping into a new version of self. And I feel like the past couple years, I've been shedding many layers of self and really trying to figure out who this new version of myself is and really feeling in the in-between stage of that, really in the cocooning stage of that. Not yet the butterfly, but not yet the worm or the larva or whatever butterflies are in the beginning. So we got engaged and then a couple days after we got engaged, I, like I said, I didn't have a job because I had been working at a theater in 2020 and then I got laid off in 2021 because of the pandemic. So then I didn't really work most of 2021. I was doing my own writing circles and programs and, you know, working here and there, but didn't have like a full-time job, which I was really used to. And so I got laid off from that job and didn't work there for about a year. And then it, right after I got engaged, like a couple days later, they emailed me out of the blue and was like, hey, do you want your old job back? And I was like, oh, I've been looking for a job. I need a job. And I hadn't even like really started my job search yet. I was like gearing up to really start applying places and was kind of stressed out about that whole process. So this felt very serendipitous for it to kind of fall into my lap again and to not have to put all that extra effort into applying and doing all of that. So I accepted the job. I started working remotely. And at the same time, again, I didn't know where I was going to live, but I went to Michigan with Paxton because I honestly had nowhere really else to go. And we spent five weeks living in Paxton's dorm. He lives like he was living in this college dorm with roommates. There was like five male roommates and I spent five weeks working remotely from his little room and us just trying to figure out our next step. And that was a really, really hard process. I feel like the beginning of 2022 was really challenging. January, February 
really, really challenging because we were looking for a place to live and I've mentioned this before on previous podcasts, but where Paxson is going to school in Michigan is in a really small rural town. There's not a lot of things going on. There's not a lot of, there wasn't even like, you know, we were looking at places to rent and there was just nothing available. Like it's, it's, there just truly wasn't anything available. So we were kind of waiting for something to open up, waiting to see if something would open up. And at the time I was really just feeling so ungrounded and knew that I really needed a place to ground because I had just been traveling for so long and my nervous system was just a wreck. I was just feeling so unsafe, unsupported, unstable, which I think not having a home can make you feel. Um, And I kind of thought that not having a home would feel like freedom, but what I learned was not having a home felt really unsafe to me. And so long story short is that we eventually did find one place that was available. It was like available February 15th and we moved in And it's the place that I'm sitting from today. It's the place that I'm recording. It's the little place that we've made a home over the last year. And grounding into a home this year has taught me so much because most of my life, I felt like I was on the run. I didn't really have a home. I was moving around from place to place and didn't really have a place or a space to call my own. Um... I even realized that I didn't have my own room. Like I didn't sleep in my own room my entire life. I always shared a room with other people. I have seven siblings, so that's part of the reason there. But I always shared a room with people. I didn't have my own space. I didn't have a place to call mine. And I didn't even realize that I wanted that. I didn't think that I needed that. And what this year has really taught me in grounding into a home, in making this space my home and buying furniture because buying furniture was even like a big deal for me because I felt so tied down by owning furniture. It's like I didn't want to own anything. At the time, all I own, everything I owned fit in like two suitcases. So I was just very much living this like vagabond lifestyle, did not want to settle down or place roots anywhere but because I was feeling so ungrounded and knew that I just needed a place to land Paxson and I signed like a three months three month lease at this apartment in Michigan the one that I'm in today and started buying furniture and that was like a big lesson for me of learning to hold learning to hold different things and learning to root somewhere and that it's okay to root somewhere that it's okay to have a home base and grounding into a home I feel like my three words for 2022 were home grounding and grief and I think the home piece is a big part of that because in creating my first adult home truly my first adult home in my life I realized how I had always been running away from home because I didn't actually feel safe at home growing up. I didn't really have a stable home growing up. I didn't have a space to call my own growing up. So as an adult going through their Saturn return, I was able to ground into my home this year and really look at my childhood and realized that home hadn't been a safe place for me. And now as an adult, I was cultivating a very safe place 
in my being, in my inner being, in my external being. And what that led to was a really big uncovering and really big processing of grief. Grief that I've been holding on to that I didn't even know that I was holding on to. But finally, my body was in a place that felt safe enough to let go and release some of this grief. And I will tell you that it was it was and continues to be a very painful process of feeling old emotions, opening up old wounds, looking into the past, looking into the truth of my life, looking into the story of my life, trying to piece together different bits and pieces that just didn't make sense for my life. And what it really is, is reshaping the narrative of my life. I think I lived 27 years on this earth thinking that my life was one way. And this year, in the safety of my own home, in with the safety of a supportive partnership with my fiance Paxton, with the safety of beautiful friends and relationships that I've cultivated throughout these last couple of years, and especially in this last year, throughout all that support, also having a therapist, that was a big support for me. But Having all these support systems in place, I think I finally was able to process some of this grief and it was really, really heavy. It was really heavy. I felt the most depressed that I've ever been and I felt the most lost that I've ever been. I kind of stripped away everything that I had believed or had thought previously And was kind of existing in this no man's land where I just didn't know what way was up, what way was down, and was just really moving through some heavy things. And I'm so grateful that I had the support that I needed to get through this year. I'm so grateful for my therapist. I'm so grateful for Paxton. I'm so grateful for friends like Shannon and Ashley and Dahlia and Megan. So if any of you are listening, thank you for being part of my support system this year and of course many others. But yeah, I think what what this year in this processing of grief has done to me because it's definitely changed me as a person I've definitely stopped looking outward so much. I think that I was always chasing, always chasing different accomplishments, always chasing different external things that I thought would make me feel worthy or make me feel valued. Because what I didn't realize, but what I now realize throughout this process is that at a core level, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel valued and I didn't feel seen and I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel supported. And those are those core wounds that, you know, I learned or experienced in childhood and was running on autopilot in my body, in my nervous system, in my mind for the last 27 years. And this year, like I said, was the first time that I even shined some light on those wounds to even realize that they were there and in that process begins the process of healing and I still definitely feel like I'm in the process of healing and I don't know when this process will end what this process will look like it's been a very like confusing process I will say I think I've lacked clarity in the last year just feeling really foggy but there have been some beautiful moments along the way so 
I kind of share that because I know that I've touched a little bit on it throughout the last year, but I've never really shared maybe the full story. But that's really what I've been going through. And I've had to give myself a lot of grace this year because like I said, I used to be very focused on external achievements. I wanted to write so many books. I wanted to launch writing circles. I wanted to do all these things. But in all honesty, this year felt really overwhelming and really challenging. And I've been moving through a lot. So not only have I been moving through a lot of pain, processing trauma. I also have been grounding into a home for the first time and had to learn how to cook and take care of myself and nourish myself with food. And I found a lot of enjoyment in learning to cook and nourish myself with food because where we're living in Michigan, we don't live any we don't live near any restaurants. We can't just order takeout or go out for dinner like we used to. So I've learned to really just, you know, cook cook imaginative meals and channel my creativity in the kitchen. I think because of this processing of grief this year that I've had, my creativity has looked very different. Instead of focusing on the external outcome and trying to push something out like a book or another poetry book or a play or any of the other ideas that I've had, I've really focused on the process of creativity and creativity as healing. And I spent a lot of time painting this year. I spent a lot of time cooking, writing, just journaling. I journaled so much. I feel like I wrote so many words that nobody will ever read, but it was really helpful for me to just get it out and get it out on the page and have the page be a mirror to myself. I spent a lot of the time this year cultivating healthier, deeper, more intimate female friendships, like I mentioned with some of my friends, because I realized that you know, the people in our lives are all we really have. Our community is all we really have. and. This life on earth can be really challenging, but the only thing that makes it better is knowing that we're not going through it alone and knowing that we do have people who support us, who love us, who see us. So focusing on my female friendships this year has been really healing and nurturing and supportive. I feel like I've gotten so much more intimate and vulnerable with my female friendships. I've gotten more intimate and vulnerable with my partner. And we've had a really challenging year for the both both of us. I feel like we've dealt with some really real life shit, some real adulting life shit, but we've navigated them with open communication and grace and just love and support. And that has been a huge game changer. So I'm so grateful for that. Also this year, I've been planning my wedding. Like I said, we got engaged at the beginning of this year and planning a wedding has been a whole portal and a whole process. In and of itself, I've been recording the process here and there, so check out some of my past wedding solo episodes if you are in a similar place, if you just got engaged, if you're hoping to get engaged. Though I'm learning a lot through the engagement portal wedding planning process, and it's bringing up a lot, so if you want to hear more about that, definitely check out those episodes. Another big thing of this year is I really deepened into the cycles of nature and really started to reclaim some of the ancestral ancient ways of healing, which include healing ourselves through plants and through food as medicine and through what grows around us and really coming back to the truth and reality of life. I feel like I feel like this last year I've become really disillusioned with our modern society and the way that society is operating 
the way that we are constantly consuming, the way that we are constantly consuming social media, food, any kind of media, the news, TV, TikTok, Instagram, the way that we're constantly just overstimulating ourselves and pushing ourselves. I know that I experienced a lot of burnout this year and in healing a lot of my trauma, I realized that I required a lot more rest a lot more stillness, a lot more slowness than I previously required. I just didn't have the energy to to produce or to be at the same output as I usually did. And I got really upset with the way that our society is set up where, you know, we have to work 40 hours a week. The standard work week is 40 hours a week. And that's a lot of hours to work. And I just felt like I had no energy to work this year. And Honestly, work and career was a really challenging piece for me this year because I've had always so many dreams of things that I want to do, writing circles that I want to host and different communities that I want to be a part of. And yeah, I just I've had always so many hopes and dreams for my career. And this year I felt like I was really stuck in a job that I didn't love, a job that really did not fuel my soul, a job that was really overwhelming and stressful and I've navigated that as to the best of my ability. And I think work has been just a really big teacher for me this year. And I'm still kind of navigating that. So I don't really have a clear answer yet. But work has just been challenging for me this year because I've been in a space where I don't feel like working at all. And I feel like I need some space and I need to rest and and chill and you know I have to get up and work Monday through Friday so I know I'm also not alone in that because I think the pressures and demands of our society are so great that everyone is feeling it on some different level so yeah also another like big thing that I uncovered this year like I touched on earlier was just the amount of abuse that I've endured in my lifetime. And I had this phrase come to me while I was in Africa. I went to Africa in September of this year. And I had this phrase come to me in Africa. And typically my intuition works where like, I will answer a question before I, I will have the answer before I ask the question. So I'll be writing something or a phrase will come to me out of the blue and I'm not really sure what it means, but then later it'll make sense. So I've learned to just trust those those phrases and those things that just come to me. That's my intuition, my inner voice speaking to me. So I had this phrase come to me while I was sitting on a beach in South Africa in Cape Town watching the sunset. And this phrase that came up for me was, what happened to me was not love. What happened to me was not love. And when that phrase came up, I didn't know what it meant. I feel like some part of my deep subconscious, of course, knew what it meant, but I didn't know. What happened to me was not love. And because I had been processing all of this pain, this childhood trauma, a lot of abandonment, neglect, really just not being seen safe supported. I also experienced sexual assault from my mentally ill brother. And I also scored a seven on the ACE scale on the childhood adverse experiences scale, which I feel like I always like gaslit myself into believing that 
you know, I hadn't been through any trauma. I hadn't been through anything that hard. Like my life had always been a gift and my life had always been grateful. But I realized that I was really trained to think in that toxic positivity mindset. And what was really true underneath is that I was abused. I experienced sexual abuse. I experienced other forms of emotional abuse and neglect. And what I had to realize is that what I thought love was, was, was not it. That what happened to me was not love. That feeling that I felt being loved by my parents or by my family or in my home was not actually love. It wasn't safe. And that's not what love is supposed to feel like. And that's a really heavy realization. <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I'm giving myself space for the emotions to come up because that was really hard to to feel and to go through. And even as I'm saying it, it's like there's a twinge of guilt because I want to say, no, of course I was so loved and, you know, my parents did the best that they could. And of course, but that's not the full truth. The full truth is that what happened to me was not love. And in my life now, as I have a safe, stable home, as I have a safe, stable partner who loves me, as I have friends who support and love me, I'm experiencing what love is for maybe the first time in my life. And as I look back at past relationships, I kind of just like woke up all of a sudden to the abuse that I had experienced. And not only the abuse that I had experienced on a personal level, but it opened up my eyes to the levels of abuse that exist in society and the levels of abuse that we treat our people with, our communities with, people of color with, um, our earth with. I think that there are so many different levels of abuse in this world. And I think over the last couple of years, we've all been slowly waking up to it, or maybe not even slowly, maybe quickly, you know, with everything that's been going on in our world the last couple of years. And it just feels really dense and it feels really heavy. And it feels at times hopeless, I think, when you exist in an abusive, oppressive society. And I'm saying this like, you know, if I had recorded this last year and I was listening to myself, I'd be like, what the hell is she talking about? Like, look at life. Look how beautiful life is. And life is so beautiful. But I had really been hiding from the pain of the abuse that I experienced on a personal level and the abuse that we are all experiencing on a collective level. Because I think what is going on on earth this year and over the last few years and over the last centuries is not normal. And it's not normal to push ourselves. It's not normal to constantly hustle. It's not normal to hate your body. It's not normal to hate yourself. It's not normal to have surface level relationships. It's not normal to not know where your food is coming from. It's not normal to not know where, how to grow things or how to listen to the weather or how to listen to, to the earth. I, I think that this the level of abuse that earth has endured, the level of abuse that we have endured, it's not normal. And I just want to affirm that for all of us listening, that it's not normal. And so if you are not okay right now, you are like allowed to not be okay because what we've gone through is not normal. I mean, even in the pandemic in the last couple of years, that's not been normal. And I think as I'm reflecting on this year for myself and, you know, 
observing everyone's reflections from the year, we've all had a hard time. It has not been easy for any of us. And we have to remember that we experienced this pandemic only like a year ago. I mean, it's still not over. There's still many different ways that it's changed in our society. And I I think we're just in a really interesting, difficult time in history right now where we've woken up to perhaps the systems of abuse that have endured for centuries, but we don't have a new system in place. And so we're still operating under those things, those systems that don't work any longer. And I think we're all trying to find a better way, but we don't know how to support each other. We don't know how to be there for one another. We don't know how to listen. We don't know how to let go of our egos and really connect at a soul level. And I think we're feeling that sickness throughout society. I think I'm like going on a rant now, but... I've also woken up to the abuse of the medical system and in the last year as I've learned a lot more about plants and about natural healing and about the medicine that exists in plant and food, it's like why the hell is our medical system not taking care of us? Why does our medical system not care about us? Why is our world so corrupt? Our world is so corrupt and it can feel so hopeless and I'm I'm recording this like I can't believe I'm sharing all of this because... I was feeling such resistance to sharing this episode and now I'm like, Leah, wow, you're really going there. But that's what feels really true for me right now. It's like just the levels of abuse that we have endured and that doesn't feel beautiful. It doesn't feel hopeful. I think that for us light workers here on earth who came here to bring the light and to came here to be the hope and came here to be the change. And if you are listening to this podcast and you are one of them, it can feel really dense and really hard and really heavy. So I think what this year has taught me is that I think millennials in general are in a really hard spot in our, in our generational place. I think we are the generation that is healing trauma. I think we are the first generation that has the tools and the space available to us to really take care of ourselves and to really be the game changers. I see millennials raising their kids in different ways. I see millennials really waking up to the old stories and the old beliefs and really starting to heal that within themselves. So it's a tall order for us millennials. (laughs) It's a really tall order. And I think the more that we can practice self-care, the more that we can practice self-love and the more that we can rest and allow ourselves to rest and allow ourselves to be at ease and to be soft and to be grounded and to take care of ourselves in whatever way that looks like. So a couple of the ways that it's looked like for me this year is taking a lot of baths. I've taken so many Epsom salt baths this year. They've been my saving grace. I've taken a lot of walks in the forest That has been really beautiful for me. I've painted, like I mentioned, I cooked, I learned about herbalism and yeah, just hugging and crying and releasing. I realized that my body has been operating in a place of survival mode for the last 27, 28 years. And I'm just now beginning to unwind some of that tension in my body. I'm like starting to see that show up in my body, in my neck, my headaches, all of it. So it's just felt, (laughs) I'm like laughing at myself because I'm just like, wow, this episode has been a downer, but I really don't know how else to say it or how else to put it except for this way. So please have grace with me as I navigate these challenging waters. So 
As far as lessons that I've learned, I mean, that's kind of like what I've experienced. As far as lessons that I've learned, I think I've really learned to not rush the process and to really be in the process. And that growth really takes time. I've been really able to observe nature this year, really observe the seasons. And what I've, I've learned so much, you can learn everything by observing nature. It feels like nature is the only like real reality that we have because we live in this world of so many illusions and nothing feels real. Everything feels fake except for nature, except for love. And so I learned a lot about just giving ourselves the time to be in our cycles and seasons that we need a wintering season. We cannot produce 100% 24-7 hours of the day like capitalism tries to tell us to. We need rest. We need adequate periods of rest. We need to connect back to our ancestors and the ways that our ancestors have been living for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Our ancestors have survived so much and only in the last what 100 200 years have we been living the way that's the ways that we have and I feel like we're at a place where it's just no longer working and so I hope that we can return to some of the old ways return to food as medicine plants as medicine return to cultivating gardens cultivating wild spaces taking care of earth and taking care of ourselves so I really learned a lot about rest, about growth, about my worth not being based on my external output. Like I said, I feel like I stripped a lot of that away. And what was left was just confusion, honestly. But I know that there's something deeper there that wants to just take time to grow. And it's okay for it to take time to grow. And I don't have to have all the answers now or have a list of what I'm going to accomplish in 2023 because I don't know. That's the great mystery of life. I don't know. The last thing that I'll say, or one of the last things that I'll say, I think, I I remember in my last year's solo episode about processing the year, I was learning a lot about what truth was and learning that truth looked different ways to different people and that there is a multitude of realities existing on earth And I think what I also learned this year about truth, and I think truth is like a big theme of my life, just in my life path and my life purpose. But I learned that truth is love and anything that is not truth is not love. And I don't even want to dive in deeper to that. I just want to kind of leave it there that anything that is not truth is not love. And what is love but truth? Love is truth. So I'm hoping that in 2023, I can cultivate more love in my life, more support, more nourishment. I want to feel this magnetic energy embodying this like sacred magnetic energy where I can feel grounded and rooted and really create from that place and not create from any place of lack, of needing to prove, of needing to do anything, really just allow myself to be. So I'm going to end this beautiful episode with a piece that I shared in my Instagram a couple days ago. And I wrote this a couple months ago and it really captured how I felt this year and what I went through. And I want to give it to you as an offering, as a sacred piece of my heart, my writing, and listen with an open heart and see how it resonates. (sighs) I miss my old self. 
the one who fearlessly created on social media, who bravely shared her writing and her soul and her tender parts, who encouraged and inspired, who wrote the words I need so deeply now. My old self was external, giving, sharing. She performed on stage. She sang to thousands. She could do funny characters and voices and threw it all out there to see underneath the spotlight. She craved the city and adventure and collecting experiences and stories like seashells. When she thought about her life, she wanted to look back and see a long list of experiences and think, I've done it all. I remember when that part of me started to die. When I walked on the sidewalk in the snow and thought, I've done everything I've wanted to do. I've traveled the world. I wrote a book. I've sang on stages. I've created and shared my art. I've had amazing friends and family. I've had it all. There's nothing more I need to do. There's nothing more I need to do. A sigh of relief. And then panic. So now what? And with that death came a period of rest, a process of shedding and letting it die. What must die must rest. Mostly it felt like depression. I am depressed, I thought to myself many times. And every time I said that, I heard a voice call from deep within, depressed, deep rest. You are in deep rest. That was the voice that kept me going even when I had so little to go off on when I felt my days lack meaning and light, when the pain of the past swelled up in my being and left me crying on the floor while my partner did what he could to try and comfort me, when I screamed so loudly in my therapist session on Zoom that someone called the cops on me. They thought I was being abused. I had to take on the labels I had denied and rejected, my cheerful optimism hiding the deeper, darker truth. I was abused and abandoned. I was abused and abandoned. More importantly, I felt abused and abandoned. I spent most of my life running, hoping that if I never stopped, then nothing bad could ever happen to me. And if it did, I could just look the other way and keep running. What I didn't realize is that something bad had already happened to me. And I was running, so I couldn't actually feel it. To feel it is to face it. To face it is to look it straight in the eye and let it go. It takes great courage to face your pain. It takes great support to cultivate the safety within you and around you to feel the big waves as they crash and pummel you while still feeling anchored to the shore, knowing you can dive as deeply as you want and you'll still make it back okay while still being anchored. To know that being pulled under by the toe will not kill you. That she will always bring you back up again to catch a breath. That riding these waves of life are the only thing we can do. May we stay soft and flexible and allow her to move us instead of muscling our way through and refusing to feel. Charging in and exerting our effort to not let her win. But you cannot fight against fate. You will just exhaust yourself running so far away from yourself you are set free when you realize you are here, now, here, now, in, out, in, out, breathing with the flow and the rhythms of life. My new self is more internal. She wants to be quieter, softer, 
more tender and sensitive. She is more sensitive to smells and sounds. The city that used to inspire her now just overwhelms her. She craves the quiet of nature. She doesn't know how to identify now. What would be in line with how she feels now? Poet, herbalist, wise woman, wild woman? She remembers that needing to identify herself and put her in a box is her old self pushing to put her somewhere so she's protected, so she's safe, so people know, and so she knows. My new self is the mother tending to the child, the inner child within who was scared and lost. She gave birth to herself in the most painful way to feel the pain and the bliss simultaneously, to hold herself and say, I got you now. I got you now. I got you now. You are safe with me. You can scream and cry and express and feel you are safe with me. Me and the earth, we got you. So she turned to the ancient ways of healing. Not the ones you see on social media, but the ones where you quietly tend to yourself and to the earth. She allowed the earth to support and hold her. She smoked her medicine and drank her herbal teas. She learned what grew in the forest of her ancestors, birch and black raspberries and yarrow. She made tinctures of motherwort to help mother herself and made wild yeast out of pine cones from the pine tree. She made friends with the forest and tried to make friends with her mind. She took herbal digestive bitters before meals she forgot from her childhood, pizza bagels and fruit. She read books about plants and shamanism and African spirituality. She mourned the loss of indigenous cultures and knew she was here to help the condor rise. She ran away from the eagle and tried not to see it as evil. She understood that both are necessary, and we need both in order to not only survive, but thrive. She craved community and ceremony. She grieved and she grieved, and in her grief, a garden grew. For that is the way of the earth. She takes your pain and transforms it. She knows that what is left heals. So my new self grows like a tree. And she holds the old parts of me. She takes the abused and the abandoned and shelters them with her branches. She takes the performer and whispers, you are seen by me. You are seen by me. And that is enough. You may rest now, sweet child, and return to who you truly came here to be, a child of light. Dancing, singing, praying, creating, tending. You are the gardener of your soul. And together we create food forests and kingdoms of heaven. Eating sweet red onion in olive oil and maldon salt. Mm. That felt really good to share with you all. And so I'm going to leave it there. I don't have much to say for 2023. I'll just leave it there with my words. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for listening to my rants and let me know if anything resonated and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to connect from you. And here's to another beautiful year on earth. I love you all. Have a beautiful day.
I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.